Welcome back to a new episode. Uh, this week, you know, we haven't been doing one in a while, but we're here. Uh, we've got a bit of a new format with a, another another person called Alex. Alex, want to say hello? Hello. Hello. Uh, and this is going to be the, the new format for the podcast, uh, us three instead of two. So we hope you guys enjoy and uh, we'll start and get on with the episode. So uh, Fred, do you want to start us off? Uh, yeah, well, today, as of recording, I don't know when it'll be uploaded, but it's February 1st, uh, day after, you know, deadline day for January. A lot's happened. It's been interesting, to be honest. And did it's be, It was pretty good across all the leagues, uh, but particularly in the Premier League. Uh, of course, as, well, you might know from me and Elliot from our previous podcast, but Alex is a Villa fan. I'm a Tottenham fan. And, of course, Elliot is a is another Villa fan, unfortunately. So, um do you have any views? So uh, let me just let the viewers know. You signed Coutinho on a loan with options mm-hmm. buy. I'm unfamiliar with what the buy option is. Uh, Dignier mm-hmm. on 25 million. Uh, Kerr Smith, Olsen on loan mm-hmm. from Roma. And uh, Callum Chambers from Arsenal on an undisclosed mm-hmm. fee. So, yeah. Alex, do you have any opinions on that? Uh, yes, good. A very good signing. Uh I think we we needed at the start of the window we needed a CDM and we haven't got one, which is really annoying. But we still did well. So, yeah. yeah. El, do you have anything to uh, add on to that? Yeah, I think um, I think Villa definitely had one of the the best transfer windows out of a lot of clubs uh, this year, especially uh, in the Premier League or in the top five leagues in general. I think that without Gerard, that Coutinho deal doesn't happen. Uh, because I think he just has that pull because of the player that he was and how he can uh, make things happen and previously working with Coutinho at Liverpool that it was always going to be a great signing for us. Uh, and the best thing about it is, is that we've, we've made it alone. So, you know, if he doesn't do too well, then we can just send him back to Barcelona. But if he if he does really well, which I'm hoping he does, and I, ho- I hope we do sign him on a permanent, I think to 35 million is the buy option. After six months, I th- that's pretty good, I would say, especially for you know how much he signed for Barca. Yeah. So I definitely take that. I think Digne was a solid signing. Left back did need upgrading. Kerr Smith is a academy player, but he- he's good signing as well. Olsen on loan. I think there's a buy option in there as well, so I take that. The one position, which of course Alex said as well, is the the DM position. Is that we should have. That was the priority for this window. It's been the priority for like the last four transfer windows. And still, we, we, we're we incapable of signing anybody. It's like, I think a DM is the difference between mid-table and potentially European football for us. And it's so important to us that we get a, a defensive mid-in. Because Nakamba's good off the ball and winning it back, but he's not, not very good on it. Whereas Louise is the opposite of that, where he's good on the ball, but not so good off it. We need somebody like Basuma or Zakaria, so, you know, people who were available this transfer window, or even Benesa, you know, who went to a Tottenham in the end. We, we needed that kind of a powerhouse in that midfield who's going to, you know, stop us making defensive mistakes and stuff. So maybe next window, who knows? But overall, I'd say it's solid for us. So Yeah, definitely. Um 
like you said about the holding midfielder, you look at teams mm. who have won the league in the Champions League, like, you know, Barcelona with your Busquets, you know, uh, Bayern Munich in their treble winning season about two, three yeah. seasons ago. You know, they had Kimmich and Goretzka, Man mm. City, you know, Rodri, Fernandinho, you know. The holding yeah. midfielder, it's like, you know, it's the thing that, you know, takes the ball from the defence to the attack. You know? yeah. And when you have such, you know, you've got, a half decent defense, you know, maybe a better center half, you know, but I don't, mm-hmm. I don't follow Intervilla too much, you know, but and you've got an outstanding attack now with Coutinho, you know, Danny Ings, you know, could he get back to his top? You never know. Uh, Ollie Watkins, Brendia, and uh, what's his name, Leon Bailey. That's it, awesome. you know. I think, uh... Especially in the modern game, a DM is certainly one of the positions that goes a bit under the radar. I think that uh, any team that plays a defensive midfielder, you can definitely see the role that they play in that that part of the pitch and their ability to be able to take that ball from, as of course, what you said, defence to attack and make the transition pretty easy. Yeah, definitely. Of course, with Zakaria going to Juventus and... uh... Bentacore coming to Tottenham. Who do you think is a realistic option for Villa next season for a uh, holding midfielder then? Both of you. Alex, you want to start us off for that one? Likely. Uh, I don't know, there's Calvin Phillips who'd be linked to, but I don't know if that'll happen. I doubt it. Mm. Uh, most players are going to be honest so we'll probably get linked to a few more players during it Bibi Kakamara as well so I'm not really sure but I'm sure we'll uh, we'll get linked to a few more so yeah who do you think I mean I you know we were linked with Glenn Kamara for quite a while from Rangers of course with the Gerard links but I just think in the it's what we need now. I don't. I don't think he's all there. The person I'd, I'd prefer to bring in is, of course, what Alex said, and Bubakar Kamara or um, Basuma. I think like Bubakar Kamara he can play centre back and CDM, so he's versatile. He's 22 years old. He's still, you know, he's been around for a little bit, but he's still very, very young and can play those two positions really well and, and a, a pretty good Marseille team. Mar, uh, of course, Morgan Sanson, who signed for us, used to play for them as well. I think but I think I do prefer Basuma. I, I, I think he will cost more, but I think just because of the player that Basuma is, I think he, this, so, so far this season, he's got the most interceptions for Brighton and he's in the top three for tackles and progressive carries or something per 90. I think I think he'd, he'd be the best possible signing for us, and especially because he's got a year left in his contract in the summer. I'd say 35, 30 million. That, that's a decent price compared to, you know, in this January when they're asking for 50 or whatever. So I'd, I'd take a 30, 35 million for Basuma, definitely. Yeah, definitely. He's a great player. Uh, another player you were linked with in January who ended up going to another club was uh, Alvarez. Going to mm. Manchester City, of course. I think he's finishing this season at River Plate, yeah. but he's signed yeah. for about a region of fifteen million. Uh, mm. Of course, he's been hyped a lot recently, as you know, the next Messi, Maradona, etc. And what are your opinions on it? 
It's a difficult that... one. Yeah. I think it's uh, certainly one in the summer, which I think, you know, we were linked with him, but we never really knew who he was. But, of course, in... In the six months after, he's been unbelievable. It always seems like uh, the players that Villa are linked to and don't sign go on to be uh, really good players. And I think that's uh, what happened with Julian Alvarez. You know, you look at his stats at River Plate this year and for such a young kid to be putting up those kind of numbers for uh, you know, a good River Plate side, it's, it's really good. I think he's definitely an up-and-coming talent. And I think, to be honest, for £20 million or whatever it is, I think City have got a bit of a steal. I just, I think he's brilliant. Uh, yeah, he's 20, how old is he? 22 years old. Mm. He's a pretty good player. So I think I think they kind of smashed out of the park of that one. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's good for Man City. But if you look from the player's point of view, you know, you see with wingers, especially Jack Grealish, you know, Reem Sterling now, Reed Mahrez. They, they're struggling for game time now. So with Alvarez, he's going to have to be getting played, you know, like the Foden. You know, week in, week out, if you're getting his potential or learning him out every season. But, you know, you're not getting the full potential for a player of, you know, his type. So, if you were in his situation, you know, without the bias, you know, from Villa to for Villa, what what would you say? What would you do in that situation as a player? Go to Man City, you know, Champions of England or look for anywhere else where game time's more of a... I think it's got to be City, isn't it? I think, especially you look at, the, you know, the biggest teams in the world right now, City's definitely up there. Of course, they haven't got the richest history and, you know, they've, they've got all of this money from, um, you know, their owners who just magically came in one day and just bought out the club. But I think that, especially over time, he can develop into a player which he's going to start regularly for City. And I, I can, you know, they need a player in that striker role. And I think he could be the solution to it potentially now or in a year, a year and a half time. Uh, I think he's a solid player. You know, he's had 35 games for River Plate this season. He's had 20 goals and uh, 20, uh, 12 assists. So you can already see that the numbers are there. And to be fair to the Argentina League, it's not it's not quite as big as some of the European leagues, but it's, it's not it's not bad. Yeah. And I do think potentially at the start of next season is when we'll start to see whether he'll be going out on loan or whether he'll stay. But I, I think he'll stay at City and potentially get some regular game time, either as a winger or a striker. Yeah. Alex, do you have anything to add on to that? Uh, yeah. I mean, when we were linked to him in the summer, it was for like, uh, what was it, about 10, 15 mil. And uh, we knew then how good his stats were. up and coming talent and... This, uh, this season so far but it's a bit of an annoying one not to get him especially with the age and how he would be at our club he would be good so it's a bit annoying but I'm sure we'll see him do well so yeah yeah um, well going from the north northwest to the northeast Newcastle United yeah, uh, yeah. they've had a big window Kieran Trippier for twelve million, Chris uh, activating Chris Wood's twenty five million release clause, clause, Guimaraes for thirty five million, Matt Target on loan, and uh, Dan Byrne for thirteen million. 
It's a lot of money spent. Do you think they'll stay up? No. I think it's it's a sort of similar, similar situation to where Villa and Fulham were in when they first came up back into the Premier League. But <clears throat> the difference this time for Newcastle is we're already halfway through the season. They're already in the relegation zone. You can't change that. And I think you can't just bring players in, you know, especially Fulham and Villa. You know, Villa, Villa were really lucky to survive. It's not as easy as just getting players for, you know, throwing 12 million here, 20 million here, 35 million here. Don't get me wrong, Bruno Gamares is a brilliant player. I think Chris Wood, they did overpay. And Kieran Trippier, he's still a good player. It's an all right price. But I think that you can't expect a team just to gel together within six months and stay up. I, I still think they'll go down. I can't, I can't see some of their current players as well. You know, there's going to be five other players on the pitch who potentially... You know, apart from Sir Maximum and maybe Callum Wilson, in probably a year, year and a bit, they probably won't even be at the club. And you do wonder if they'll have that desire to go and win games if they know they're not going to be there in a couple of years. So who knows? Yeah, Alex, do you have anything to say about that? Uh, yeah, well, it's a it's a bit of a difficult one. I think if they do stay, it'll be very close. But I think there's there's a lot of teams that. Around that sort of mark, like with Watford, uh, Norwich, obviously. Although Norwich are doing decently well, I'm not sure why they've loaned out Cap, uh, Todd Campbell. Bit of a weird one that. But Newcastle made some very good signings. Don't know if it'll be enough to stay up, but we'll have to see. Yeah, I mean, what do you think about? I, I think they'll stay up, to be honest. I think Eddie Howe, he's a great manager. Whether Eddie Howe has the ambition of what the new owners want with all the money they're going to throw at him, I don't think he's going to be there long-term. I think he's going to be there short-term. Yeah. Provide, uh, you know, a base to, you know, play off with. Start getting mid-table-ish and developing a squad. And then I think they'll go for a big name splash a load of money but I think they need to be careful with financial fair play I mean I saw something about Jesse Lingard on 500k a week you know, that's yeah. I mean Chris Wood's on 80k a week and you know that's sort of normal in modern day you know and especially yeah. with as of recent with uh, Mason Greenwood people you know worrying about are you giving players too much you know yeah too early in their careers as well yeah. especially I mean, yeah, yeah, Chris Wood's different. He's a veteran of the game and don't get me wrong, he's a great player and he's proved himself in the Premier League. But I think yeah. they will stay up. I, only just, you know, I can see him doing a Villa because Newcastle yeah, are always that kind of team, you know, as, as of the recent years, who are likely to, you know, who do end up edging it a bit like a Burnley. Uh, but yeah, that's my thought. Uh, going over to uh, a different country... Uh, Barcelona, of course, new coach, uh, Javi Hernandez, uh, signing in Adama on a loan, and uh, Justin Aubameyang on a free, and Ferran Torres for fifty million from Manchester City. Uh, Alex, what are your thoughts on? You know, of course, they've been in difficult times recently, financially and on the pitch, ever since Messi leaving. You think it can turn around for Barcelona? Um, I think. 
I think it can, yeah. But I don't, I don't think they'll win the La Liga this season. I think they'll probably get top three or five. Um, I definitely don't think they could win the league. I think Aubameyang, he's a little bit finished maybe. I'm not sure. I think he's got a, maybe a season in him still. But he's not definitely not long-term. Ferran Torres is a good buy. He's a bit game time. He's a class winger, to be honest. Um, Dama Traore, I think he lacks finishing, but... If he gets that finishing and works on that, then I think he's also a top, top player, to be honest. Yeah, Earl, have you got anything to say about that? Um, I think Adama Traore is a bit of a, bit of a weird one, I guess. I know he's been to Barcelona before, but I don't, I don't really see him as the, the type of player that they needed at, that, at this point in the season. I don't think... He's been that amazing for Wolves. You know, he, he's got a bit of pace, he's got some strength, but the problem is that, as Alex said, that end product just isn't there. That's what he really needs to improve on. If Adam Traore has shooting or he can finish, he's one of the best players in the world. Potentially, he's a winger. Um, I think that Ferran Torres is definitely a really good buy for 50 million. 50 million is a hefty fee, but especially from what we've seen of him in the Premier League for the past year, year and a bit. He's looked like a, a solid player. You know, he scored, he scored a beautiful goal against Newcastle. He just, when he's playing, you know, I think it's, it's understandable he's not been playing because of people like Riyad Mahrez, reintegration in the summer, Sterling. It's difficult for him to get get that game time. But I think, especially at Barcelona, we can, we'll be able to see what a top, top player is. And I do, I do think that that is a really good sign, especially for his age as well. I think they're going to get on really well. Yeah, I agree. He's a great player with lots of potential. They're definitely moulding the sort of Barcelona system that Yavi will expect. But yeah, Adama Traore, it was a, it's a bit of a weird one. Of course, Tottenham were going to get him, but then, of course, things happened in the last minute. I don't think he'd play as much, to be honest, because, you know, we've already got top wing- wingers. Of course, Ansi, F- Ansi Fati's a bit injury-prone at the moment, so maybe he's a bit of a backer. Or Bamiang, mm. you know. Especially with Aguero just going, unfortunately, uh, and you know they've got, they lack that kind of clinical clinicalness. I guess that. Well, Aubameyang's got better. You know he's better finisher, natural, natural, up top than uh, types of Braithwaite and uh, what's his name, Luke De Jong. So I think, like Alex said, he's got another season in him. I think he'll be strong, and especially for like you know. Barcelona have got Aubameyang, Adama Traore and Ferran Torres for 50 million. Of course, they've got financial issues and, you know, they're moving into a new, well, they're upgrading their stadium. So I think the future is very bright for Barcelona. Uh, But moving back to England, Everton have, you know, it's been a big season for them. Maybe not in a positive way as a fan. Of course, they've had a manager change in uh, Rafa Benitez. You know, it was always a bit of a strange one going from, you know, Liverpool to, well, not straight, but Liverpool manager to a, to an Everton manager. Uh, and then, you know, he didn't get the results. The fans, you know, clearly weren't very happy. And uh, as of two days ago, they get Frank Lampard and they make uh, El Ghazi on loan, Van der Beek on loan and Deli Alley uh, for 10 million plus uh, quite a lot in add-ons. Uh, what? How do you think a Frank Lampard system and you know all these players coming in? How do you think that can affect 
affect their season from now on. Alex? Um, yeah, I think Delhi Ali, it's a bit of a it's a bit of a mixed one. I think lots of people have different opinions. I think it'll, it'll either go pretty well or it'll flop. And I think it's a lot. I know it's a free transfer, but obviously there's those 30 odd million in bonuses for how well he plays or whatever. I think, I don't know whether Everton are a type of team that would fit him in that system. They might have to change system with Frank Lampard, I'm not sure. But I think it's a, it's, it could be a really good signing. And uh, I don't see Everton getting in that top half of the table. I think they've had a disastrous season so far. And to get maybe just before top 10 would be decent for them, I guess. Yeah, Al, have you got... What do you think of the Everton situation at the moment? I don't think it's a positive place to be at the moment, Everton. I, I think it's still going to be very difficult for Frank Lampard to make something of their season, especially within six months left of the season. But I do think it's a, a step in the right direction. Now, I think the reason they brought Rafa Benitez in is because he's a big name. I think that's what they do with a lot of players as well, is they, they spend huge amounts of money money on players that are, are big, you know, of course they spent 30 odd million on Hammers Rodriguez and that obviously didn't turn out too well. But I think, uh, to- I think Tottenham have been really clever with the Deli Alley move. Because I think uh, 10, 10 million is, I th- you know, that's all right for Deli Alley, but going up to 14 add-ons, Tottenham have been clever there because they, they know the sort of player he can be. If he performs at that top level, in a, in you know six seven eight months time, Tottenham will be asking for about their, their thirty million quid because he, he he's a he, on his day Deli Ali can be a really good player, and I just hope he can get back to to what he was uh, his best days at Tottenham. Yeah, I, I hope that you know as a Tottenham fan, it it is a bit of a sad feeling. Of course, you know you hail abuse at him, you know on the match day, but when you look at it overall, it's been an incredible seven years to be honest. To have him at the club, uh, you know, it's a bit unfortunate the last two three years, you know, especially after Poch left. But I think he can, you know, like you said, Tottenham very clever, you know, forty million. And I think it's like you get like. Five million if he plays twenty games, and there's loads of all these add-ons, you know, which is smart. Mm. And I'll take the ten million anyway. I think Everton will finish about you know fourteenth to tenth, you know, because it is a hard place to come from, especially halfway through the Premier League season when it is hard, you know, to make a turnaround, you know, for especially like Newcastle. And uh, speaking of which, going from you know switching switching it round from a difficult position. Watford have had like their, you know, twentieth manager change in the last two weeks. Uh, Roy yeah. Hodgson, yeah, Premier League veteran, you know, coming in. He's the oldest manager in the night night ninety two again. Before it was Neil Warnock, of course he uh, left Middlesbrough. Now he's back to it. Do you think Al he can keep Watford up? No, I think. Uh... Watford is just ridiculous when it comes to manager. I, I don't even know why you'd want to go to Watford as a manager because, you, you know, you, you lose like three or four games in a row. You drop down to re, re, the relegation zone and you're already at a relegate, relegation battle side. You're going to get sacked. I think that it's just really poor from their board and I don't I don't understand why they 
why they do it. You know, their their first manager, Kiko Munez or whatever his name was, he um he had a good start to the season. He beat he beat us, Villa. And he wasn't doing awful. They were still near the bottom, but they they sacked him after like eight games. And then they go and sack um Ranieri as well. And Ranieri got some decent results. Man United four one is just the highlight of it. I think that you know, they've been playing pretty poor, but I think the the Norwich game is just what th- just yeah, it just ended it for them after playing really poorly and then dropping into the relegation zone. But I, I just think I just think it was the wrong decision again. If you're gonna sack Ranieri, you've got to bring in another decent manager. And you know, Roy Hodgson's been in football for a long time, but I just don't think he's he's that good. You know, he's, especially when he worked for England as well, it was not nothing special. Same as Crystal Palace, really. They never really progress as a club or a team. And I still think they'll go down. I think I think they could honestly finish bottom. Mm. Mm. Alex, what do you think about it? Uh, yeah, I mean, he's an absolute class manager. He did a decent job in England, obviously. Uh, average job at Crystal Palace. You know, kept, kept them comfortably just below 10th uh, or whatever. That sort of mark, so... He's he's a good manager, but I don't think I don't see what could sustain it. To be honest, with you know you got teams like Newcastle with all that money, Southampton have had a recent takeover, Leeds struggling, but I don't see really them going down. Um, and you got other teams around that sort of thing. So I think they've got a few really good players, uh, but I don't see them staying up. Yeah, speaking of clubs from around that area, Norwich, just a quick one. Of course, uh, former Villa manager and, you know, big Villa fan, Dean Smith. How do you think he's getting on with the Norwich job so far? <clears throat> he's doing a good job, I think. I, I think they... When he first came in for them, I was like, I don't think he's the right man to keep him up, but I think he's definitely the right man to bring him back up straight away without a, you know, without a doubt, but... I honestly think they have a really good chance of staying up. I was a little bit surprised about the loan or loaning out Todd Cantwell. I thought that that was a bit of a weird one, but he's not the player he used to be two years ago, and I think it might be good for him to go and get a loan, get some more game time in the Championship, and then potentially come back with with Bournemouth or come back, back to Norwich. So I I think they're going to stay up. To be honest, I, I really do. I think I think Dean Smith put you know put in a system which works for the attackers um, to go and score goals while also keeping it compact at the at the back. You saw that against Watford, played really well. Jeff Sargent, if he if he continues to play like he did in that um, Watford game, he could be a, a top player. And I think he's, he's definitely improving slowly. And I think just some some of the they have good players as well. Les Melu especially he's a he's a he's a good midfielder. Played uh, for Nice for a a, bit, a long time in Liga, so I'm quite excited to see what happens with them. Alex, how do you think Dean Smith's doing? Um, yeah, I think he's doing well. I mean, it's Norwich at the end of the day. Everyone knows they're a yo-yo club, come up and go down straight away, really. So. For any manager to take that job is really risky. I mean, from from a team where obviously at Villa he lost five games on the bounce to go to a job where he's almost guaranteed to get to go down 
then it, it's a bit of a risky one. I'm not sure why he's done it, to be honest. I think he'd be better off starting in the Championship again like he did with Villa and work, work, work his way up. And uh, I don't think they can stay up. Although I would, I would probably like them to, to be honest, because I, I do like Dean Smith. But I don't know, I just don't see it. Yeah, I mean, going into the Norwich job, of course, you know, you haven't got, you know, the strongest financial backing or squad behind you. Yeah, it's got a load of potential and, you know, talents. Max Aaron's Todd Campwell, of course, he's gone out on loan. And, you know, you've got Josh Sargent as well as many others. But I feel like Norwich, they've got, for me, the best owners in the league because they, they always stay loyal to a manager. And, you know, you haven't seen them do anything dodgy. They're always loyal to a manager. They're back a manager. You know, you saw, what's his name? Lucien Favre. Favre, Favre of him. I don't know. Yeah. And they backed him for for a long time. Uh, You know, even, yeah, they're a yo-yo club. And that's probably their legacy. But, you know, Dean Smith, he likes the challenge, you know. I think he's a great manager. And genuinely, I think they'll stay up this season. Yeah, I, I agree. I think I I just think the the Leeds I think Leeds will stay up. Of course, Brentford will stay up. I think they've been good, at, but I I think for me the bottom three will be uh, Newcastle, Watford, Burnley. How it is now, to be honest, I, I think I think that's who's going to get relegated. I don't know about you guys. What do you think? Yeah, I, I think. See, I'm I'm unsure. I think Watford, Burnley. Yeah, I'm I'm unsure about that other one because it is very close at the bottom. I think Newcastle and Norwich will stay up, but I'm unsure who will go down. To be honest, because it is very close down there, and it's sort of the same with the fourth place spot at the moment of Arsenal, Tottenham, Man United, and you know a few other clubs up there. But I just think the league this season, even though you know I think Man City have definitely won it. You know they've got about a ten point lead, but. Uh, I think it's going to be entertaining this second half. Yeah. Alex, yeah, who do you I mean, think will get relegated? And yeah. Yeah. Um. I don't know. I think. I think Norwich. I'd predict to go down. To be honest, I think Watford as well. And then I think it's like you said, somewhere for the top four position. I think a few clubs around the sort of position that I think it will be whether whoever does the least. I think they'll all do pretty well but it's whoever does the worst same as top four I think they'll all do won't well, none of them stand out but I think the one that uh, you know capitalises on the others that all happens so I think it's, it's probably between Leeds Newcastle Burnley and them and then obviously not Norwich and Watford that's fair enough guys Um, just wondering what you thought about Potentially Burnley's transfer window because I think they did a pretty good job in the in the transfer window to be honest, especially with Val Veghorst. What do you think about that? Yeah, I think twelve million for a player of him, player like him, great replacement for Chris Wood, and you know they've profited from it. They've profited about you know about just nearly fifteen million, you know, from getting a player like him out. And you know Chris Wood, he's aging now. Yeah, he's a veteran and a natural striker, but. Without Vegforst, he's he's going to score goals. You know, I, I watch him in the Bundesliga, and he's been key in Wolfsburg's, you know, 
pushing for Champions League, Europa League spots. He's he's a great player. I think, you know, playing week in, week out and getting, you know, a link with like Rodriguez and, you know, Barnes, I think Burnley could with a player like him, build a team around him. You can be pushing, you know, for like low mid table spots. Alex Um, yeah, I think you know, Burnley are, are they've got a man they've got a very good manager. They they've signed a great player. I think he's a good player to be honest. I think he fits fits Burnley's system, he's a finisher and he's uh, quite tall. So I think he's a great replacement for Chris Wood. I think it's a bit of a development over Chris Wood for such a cheap price, it's good. And I think uh, I think they'll stay up. Yeah, how do you how how do you feel about it? I think they fit the uh, the nail on the head really with that. To be honest, I think uh, getting twenty five million out of Chris Wood and then buying Val Veghorst for half of that, I think he's just younger as younger as well. I think I think they've definitely got a better deal out of that. And I think <clears throat> I don't think Barnley was there, but maybe that that gives them a fighting chance with Val Veghorst. They're really close to signing Orisic as well. I, I potentially would have said that they would they would stay up if they signed him from Zagreb, but I, I I think it's a positive signing for them. And I, I yes, as I've watched him in the Bundesliga as well. He's a good player. He can, he scores goals, and you know maybe it hasn't been as this this as good this season as it was last season. But last season in the Bundesliga, he scored twenty goals. He knows what he's doing. He's a finisher. He can, he scores goals for fun, and I think it's going to be a brilliant signing for him. Yeah, definitely. I I agree. Mm-hmm. Um, FA Cup action this weekend. Do you want to get in some predictions? Uh, yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Okay, so to start off with uh, Manchester United versus Middlesbrough. Of course, Man United beat Villa last time out. Quite unfortunate, to be honest, because I feel like Villa were the better team in that match. How do, how do you yeah. think they get on against Middlesbrough? Yeah, I think um, I think Man United were a bit lucky in that game. To be honest, obviously, uh, being non-biased, Villa were the better team in that. Uh, we had a few clear-cut chances that we should have put away. Uh, but Man United are the fav- massively favourites to beat Middlesbrough. But I don't know really. Anything could happen on the day. So I'd probably back Man United to win that. To be honest. What do you think the score would be? I'll probably go three one Man United. Oh, what are you saying? Three one Man United as well. I think. I think I know the situation on Man United's not the best. They're just the better side, really, aren't they? I think uh, everybody knows that. And I think uh, I think they'll go for a comfortable three one three one win. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm going to say two now. To be honest, yeah. I feel like Man United. You know, of course, like Alex said, are the favourites to beat Middlesbrough. I don't think they get do but like well because they've had you know they've been lucky in the Middlesbrough draw because especially in terms of the league at the moment they're not of course they're winning but they're not doing their best and they've shown a lot of weak weak points of course uh, Chris Wilder has done really well uh, yeah. for Middlesbrough so far in terms yeah, of the yeah. championship he's took them from you know sort of just a little bit above the relegation zone to sixth place and in the playoffs, you know, could get them back in back into the league. Uh I, I think I wouldn't be surprised if Middlesbrough get a goal or 
even have a surprise for Man United, but I feel like Man United at the end of the day will win two 0 Yeah. Yeah. Uh, moving on, quite quite a big one, of course, just down the road from me and Alex, and of course, you know, yeah, used to be out Elliot, uh, Kidderminster Harriers versus West Ham United, of course, beating Reading in the third round, quite historic to be honest, especially love the uh, upset, and yeah. uh, I think they're the like them and Boreham Wood are the lowest uh, rank league ranked team in the competition. Uh, how do you think it would get on with Alex? Um, yeah, I do like Kilimanjaro, to be honest. I think uh, I think they've done really well to even be in the competition this far. So I- I'm going to back them 1-0. Do you say Kidderminster Harry is 1-0? Yeah. Well, that is a bold prediction. Al, what are you saying? I, I I think they've done really well to get to this stage of the competition, and you know, being being Reading, especially being in the championship, it's a, a big result for them uh, in the club's history. But I think the way that West Ham have been playing this season, I, I'm afraid I don't really see see them having much of a chance. To be honest, I'm I'm going to go three three nil West Ham. Yeah, I agree. I, I hope I hope West Ham play, you know, a strong team because you know it's just out of respect for the cup. You can't play a weaker side because that's when you know you're more vulnerable. But I think it would be five-one West Ham. I think West Ham, you know, would be dominant. But I feel like Kiddy would get a goal, sort of like you know Chesterfield against Chelsea. It would be a big moment for him. But yeah, I think five-one West Ham. If I'm being realistic, and but. At the end of the day, it'd be a great game. You know, Kidderminster has got about 5,000 seats. You know, of course, they've sold out. Uh, but it'd be, honestly, an incredible match. Um, moving on, Chelsea versus Plymouth. Plymouth beating, you know, your two rivals, Birmingham City. I went to that match. I had pie face strangling me. <laughs> and they scored it in an extra time. Uh, yeah. How, how do you, what do you think? How do you think Chelsea and Plymouth will get on? Oh, oh. It's Chelsea in it. I think that's all I need to really say. I think the form has definitely dropped off compared to the start of the season. I, I thought they were going to win the Prem, but at this stage, I don't think it will happen. I think City are going to run away with it again. But I, th- I think it's. I'd love for an upset, but I'm going to go for Chelsea to. To edge it, a 1-0 win. Alex, Alex, what do you think? Um, I think I like Plymouth. I like, uh, I think they're sort of on the up. So, uh, but obviously Chelsea, they've got one of the biggest squads in the league and such good youth and everything. So, I think they will win. It's bound to happen, probably 2 now. Yeah, I, I agree. I'm going to say 2-0. Uh, yeah, I think that's all that needs to be said about it. Of course, there's loads of fixtures we need to get them through. But yeah, it's just Chelsea at the end of the day. Plymouth, yeah, strong league one side. But at the end of the day, Chelsea's Chelsea, European champions. Uh, from the European champions to the English champions, uh, Manchester City versus Fulham. I'll start off, I'm going to say 
3-1 Man City. Fulham have been absolutely incredible in the Championship this year. Alexander Mitrovic has been an absolute machine. But I doubt he'd be able to do it in the league. You know, as every time Fulham go up and down, it usually happens with Puki and Mitrovic. They do well in Championship and don't do well. But Man City, you know, at the end of the day, Man City, they've had an easy draw again. You know, I'm not surprised. But, uh, Alex, what do you think? 2-0. Man City. Now, Cup upset for me. I think that City been dominant, dominant for a little bit too, too long. Um, <clears throat> and I think especially City, uh, Fulham this season in the Championship. I know it's it's the Championship, but Mitrovic has been ridiculously good. You've also got Fabio Carvalho, who nearly signed for Liverpool this window. I'm going to go for a 1-0 Fulham win. I, I just feel like they, they have the team to do it, and I, I think they will. I think City will be too complacent, and I reckon they'll win. Peterborough versus QPRL. What are your thoughts? Don't really know what you're about, but I think QPR are going to win. Pretty simple, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, QPR, they're more established championship side, Peterborough. I have sort of been keeping track of the championship and they've been very inconsistent. So I think QPR 1-0. Yeah. Uh, uh, Wolves versus Norwich. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say 1-0 Wolves. They look strong. Yeah. They've just signed Hwangi Chan on a permanent. They've looked better since the start of the season and they're starting to creep up in, so, you know, 8th and 7th. Norwich, of course, you know, like we said, they look, they've looked stronger since Dean Smith have came in, but I think Wolves are just going to edge it on the day. What are your thoughts? I think Norwich is definitely a side becoming better, but I think it's, it's going to be a pretty simple routine win for Wolves, to be honest. I think, I think they'll play a strong side, and I think uh, they haven't won a, a trophy in a while. I think it would be not a nice way for them to do it, to be honest. So I'm, I'm going to go... Uh, two two nil Wolves definitely. I think Wangi Chan and Raul Jimenez will probably score. That's solid. A uh, bit of a Yorkshire derby, Huddersfield versus Barnsley. Of course, you know two Championship sides. Barnsley have struggled uh, this season compared to last season. You know they're rock bottom of the Championship, I think. And Huddersfield, of course, they they're always you know they're always a bit inconsistent, you know. But I think Huddersfield will edge it two one. No, it's going to be very rowdy, of course, being a Yorkshire derby, very quite close sides. What are your thoughts? I think Barnsley have really been struggling this season. I think especially after the manager went to uh, West Brom and they lost their captain, Alex Mowat, I think it was. Yeah. I think, uh, I think Huddersfield will get a pretty simple win, to be honest. I don't think it's going to be much, much of a challenge for them. So, yeah, I'll go probably... 2-0, 3 0. Uh Huddersfield. Yeah, that's solid. Uh Super Frank's first game in charge, Everton versus Brentford. What do you think about that? Still think Brentford are gonna win. I think uh take, it's gonna take him a while to employ his uh tactics and plans for Chelsea uh not Chelsea, Everton. Um and I think that unfortunately I think it's gonna be a simple win for Brentford. Yeah. Um, 
I'm going to go the other way, actually. I disagree. I think, you know, it's at Goodison Park. It's going to be rocking, of course, because mm. we all know how the Everton fans reacted to, you know, Rafa Benitez being appointed and the way, you know, the results went. But, uh, no, I think Goodison will be rocking. I think the players' morale will increase. I think Brentford's morale will decrease a bit. I'm not sure if Ericsson probably won't be able to play yet just because, you know, he's just coming, you know, he's still regaining fitness. But, of course, that Ivan Tony video, of course, that's a bit controversial. And, of course, he's apologised. But I think 1-0 Everton. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, next up, Stoke versus Wigan, of course. Uh, championship side versus uh, League One side. I think Stoke, yeah. pretty textbook. You know, one two nil win. Uh, what are you saying? Gonna back back Stoke. Cold cold night in Stoke. I think uh, two nil Stoke easy. I think I think they get the job done. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Southampton versus Coventry. I'll let you start this one off. Yeah, I think Southampton are gonna edge out an easy win. Coventry on a bad side, but I think. Uh, I just think they're a better team. And I'm going to go 2-1 Southampton. You know, they haven't been incredible this season, but they have, at the same time, they haven't been absolutely awful. So, yeah, strongly back them. I'm going to go for an upset. I'm going to say 1-0 Coventry. Mm-hmm. Uh, Coventry have looked, you know, solid since coming up from League One. Uh, Southampton, you know, I'm not doubting them, but I just think I can see an upset here. And I can see Coventry going through. Uh, mm. Moving on. Crystal Palace versus Hartlepool. Again, I'll let you start this one off. Crystal Palace, easy win. Don't know much about Hartlepool, but I'm going to go 4-0 Crystal Palace. Then yeah, going I'm, to... I'm, yeah, I'm going to say uh, 5-0 Crystal Palace. They've looked a bit... You know, they've struggled a bit in League Two, Hartlepool, and, you know, you can't doubt Crystal Palace, a Premier League side. But uh, moving moving on again, uh, you know, a, a club who have surprised last round, Cambridge United versus Luton. Uh, mm. What do you think about that? I think Luton's going to win. Don't know much about Cambridge again, but a little bit familiar with uh, Luton. I think uh, they got a few all right players. They've especially been pretty pretty decent since they've got into the championship. I think they'll stay. I think they'll, I think they'll win two now. I guess. Yeah, yeah. I think Cambridge are going to. You know, I think they're going to go into this one like you know anything can happen. They've just beat Newcastle, of course. Luton have beaten a club close to us in Harrogate Town, but I'm going to back Cambridge one 0 Uh. Even you know, Luton are in the championship, Cambridge are in League One, but I'm back in Cambridge 1 0. Uh, Premier League slides, sides clash, uh, Tottenham versus Brighton. I'll, I'll start off with, I'm going to say 2 1 win for Tottenham. I don't think it's going to be easy. Brighton are going to go into this game. I think Brighton would, you know, go, go hard on the cup, to be honest, just for some reason. Because they've done fairly well in the league. I think they've scored, but Tottenham, you know, under Conte. Conte, you know, he's won the FA Cup before. He knows, he knows how to win the games. So I'm going to say 2 1 Tottenham. Uh, what do you think? 
Two-one Tottenham as well. Brighton aren't a half bad side to be fair to them, but I think, especially you know, with the new system that Conte's employed, and you know, some a lot of players are playing really well. You know, a few new signings as well, such as Dejan Kulisevsky and Bonesa. I think they'll be really positive for them. Son's back in training now, and Kane's starting to catch a bit of form. So I think it'll be a simple win for them. Uh, I think Brighton stand a chance, but I don't think they'll be. Uh, as good as Spurs, let's say. Uh, so I think it'll be, go with, yeah, two one, two one Spurs. Yeah, that's solid. Uh, Liverpool versus Cardiff once again. I'll start this one off. I'm going to say simple three 0 win for Liverpool. At the end of the day, it's Liverpool. Of course, I don't think uh, Luis Diaz, uh, new signing from Porto, just under forty million, will play. Of course, seeing yeah. as he signed yesterday or the day before. But no, what are your thoughts on the game? Um, I think it's going to be an easy win for Liverpool again. They seem to be on a bit of a roll now. I think, uh, you know, then they're missing Salah and Mane especially, but I think that, I think they'll still win. Go go 2-0. Two, two yeah, they've looked strong, you know, in absence of, you know, if they had, I don't think Matip went, but uh, Cater, of course, he's not... Strong in the Liverpool side, but you know Salah and Mane, fundamental, you know, in the side. But they've looked strong in absence of them. So, uh, moving on, Nottingham Forest versus Leicester City. I'll um, let you start off with this one. Go, go Leicester win. Then they, they haven't been incredible as of late, but <laughs> you know Nottingham Forest are still a, a pretty good side. They've got Keane Davis on loan from Villa. Jonathan Panzo, they signed him. Uh, I think yeah, good two one, two one uh, to uh, Leicester. Mm. I'm gonna say Nottingham Forest that gonna do Leicester in. Uh, I think two one Nottingham Forest. I disagree. I can just see a bit of an upset going on Leicester. They haven't been at the best this season, but they haven't been at their worst. Uh, but I think you know Nottingham Forest. Of course, beating Arsenal, like Cambridge, I think they go into it thinking, you know, anything can happen, lads. You know, we can get through. But, yeah, moving on to the last fixture of the FA Cup, Bournemouth versus Boreham Wood. I'll let you start off. Boreham Wood don't really stand the chance. I think uh, Bournemouth are a good side, but I, I would love I would love for Boreham Wood to go through, but I, I think... Uh, Bournemouth are gonna gonna go through or cruise through potentially, especially where they are in the championship. They've been really good, so I think yeah, go uh, Bournemouth win. Yeah, I think Bournemouth will win, even though, like you said, I really want Bournemouth Wood to go through. Uh, but it's just it's just being one of them, really. It's just one of them where Bournemouth Wood are, you know, I don't think they're as strong as Kidderminster. But yeah. I, I think three one Bournemouth. To be honest, yeah. Bournemouth, you know, haven't been. They they started off in the championship really well, and then of course Fulham have just been absolutely relentless. But they're still up there, Bournemouth. But yeah, I'm going to say three one. That's it for the FA Cup fixtures. Have you got anything else to add on now? Uh, yeah, just uh, I think a nice little end to the episode. I was just wondering what you think your your top three transfers of the window have been. Oh wow. Uh, I think Luis Diaz, uh, 
has been a big one. I think yeah. Liverpool are looking for a new front three for, you know, life after Mane and Salah and Firmino, of course. Diaz, he's, he's a strong striker. You know, Diego Jota, Minamino, Harvey Elliott, they've got a lot of strong players, you know, who can come after the era, a very strong era of that front three. Uh, I think, uh, like we spoke about earlier, uh, what's his name? Uh, Ferran Torres, the Barcelona. Again, another one for the future. He's going to be strong. He's going to be, you know, a great player in the Yavi system. And then mm-hmm. finally, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say Coutinho, just because it's great to have him back in the league. He's a little magician. I think he's going to get 10 goals and about, you know, get a few assists as well this season. I think he's going to do well. But a special mention, you know, Vegos to Burnley. Uh, yep. That was a great little bit of business. Uh, I like Tottenham's window as a fan. You know, Bentecourt and uh, Kulieski. Uh, I think that's strong from Tottenham. But yeah, what about you? Okay. Uh, I think probably third, I'm probably going to go with Luis Diaz to Liverpool. I think, as you said, they, they prefer uh, preparing for life after Salah, Mane and Firmino. I also think that Mane hasn't been up to the standard that he was potentially two years ago. I think potentially this guy's the per- perfect perfect person to bring in, really. It's been excellent for Porto. He's, he's still 25, still not a bad age. It's worth about 40 million. And I think for them to get him for 45 is not bad at all. Uh, yeah, I think the way he plays as well, he plays with flair, but as a, a really good thing is his end product compared to a lot of the, the other attackers. You know, they've got skill, but they just haven't got that end product where I think he's a really good all-round player. Mm. I think second, a bit of an interesting one, I'm going to go Vlavic for Juve. I think that was a really good buy for them, especially after some other clubs are interested. I think they've done a really good job. You know, this season as well, he's had like 20 games, 17 goals. And last season, he had uh, another 20 goals in 30-odd games. His age is about 22 to get him for 81 million euros. It's, it's a hefty fee, and for his market value to only be 70, but I think this guy could be a superstar one day, and I, I think he could potentially fit Juve system really well. Then they've been looking for a striker since Cristiano Ronaldo, and just really haven't got that. You know, the Murata has been been there, but hasn't really done it for him. Um, but I think I think Vlavic is definitely perfect for him. I think he's going to be brilliant. And uh, I think I'm going to go with the same as you. Uh, you know, even just as a fan, I have to put him here, Philip Coutinho. It's only alone, but you got to remember that the, the player that he was a couple a couple of years ago before joining Barcelona, he was incredible. He went to Barcelona for £140 million, and I've heard people say it before, um, you know, you, you can't lose ability. Once once you've played like that before, you can absolutely reach that level again. And I think he will in the Villa shirt. We saw that in the first game. We got a goal and assist and we ended up drawing the game with Man United after being 2-0 down. I think he, he's going to bring that flair, that excitement, which we, which we Villa fans want and we want to see. And I, th- I think, honestly, he, he could potentially grasp European football for us. And I think we'll sign him on a permanent, to be honest. I think he's just a part, the perfect player to bring in, really. And I can't see any reason of us not activating that 30 million release uh, buyout clause. I think that it was really good for us as a loan. And a lot of other clubs are interested. Uh, 
He's, he's still 29. He's not even 30 yet. I think he's going to be brilliant, to be honest. So, yeah, I'll go with him at the top, especially because uh, I don't think it happens without Gerard. So, yeah, I'm going to go with him first. Yeah, definitely. Well, that's it from me. I'm not sure. Are you, are you done? Yeah, that's it from me as well, yeah. Yeah, that's been a solid episode. Yep. Uh, thank you all for watching. Uh, you know, stay tuned for the next one. Uh, mm. Yeah. Yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed the new format uh, and hopefully see some more of Alex in the future and uh, potentially some another guests coming on soon. That'd be really nice. So we hope you guys enjoyed and we'll see you in a bit. Yeah, see you. Have a good one. Have a good one. Bye-bye. <laughs>